0: All right, so we've been in a series called My Everlasting Father. Grab your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, then I'm going to read the text close, you know, slowly for you so that you can keep up with it. Today, I particularly don't have screens and I don't have notes either because I just want to go from my heart to yours on this very important matter of I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So welcome back. And if you kind of missed the previous ones, you just need to download the app or you need to go to the youtube channel it's all there catch up and no problem at all if you're wondering what the secret to the fruitful christian life is if you're wondering what the secret to the fruitful christian life is it is this it is taking christ at his word that's it the magic if i may use that word the power, the, the, the essence, the, the dynamo's power of the Christian life is in this one thing. This is the secret of an effective Christian life. And that is, Jesus says something, you just believe it. And you act on it. It is that simple. That's it. Taking Him at His word makes you the most powerful living witness. Did you hear me? Taking him at his word makes you the most powerful living witness. So Jesus makes audacious statements such as these. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You can just park on that one. right? And then he says, you go. And I'm going ahead of you. And as you go make disciples. And he commissions and you heard that, you know about that. So when Jesus makes a statement, his words and his, his, his commands are wrapped up in who He claims to be, I am, I am the bread, I am the word, I am the living, uh, the life, I am the, you, you, you get where I'm going with this? That's it, you just take his word and you run with it and that makes you the most powerful witness on earth. Which means his I am statements need to be the beams you build, you live your life on. You discover and you uncover how these beams play out in your life. How this, these I am statements play out in your life. You become a student of trying to figure out if Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, what difference does that make to my life? If Jesus says, I am the resurrection, what difference does it make to life? You become a student of that and you milk it for all it's, you've got. with Every day of your life you said, but he said, but you said, you said this, but you said this, and you become the most powerful witness because you just took him at his word. You're not trying to figure out the coding. You're not trying to figure out the meanings, the alternative meanings. You're not trying to figure out maybe he said this, maybe he meant this. No, you said this, I'm going to go with it. You said go, I go. You said make disciples, I'm going to make disciples. You said come to me, I will come to you. You said ask of me, I will ask of you. Like a childish sort of a faith. A childlike faith that absolutely believes 100%. That is what makes you a powerful witness. That is what is the secret of the Christian life. All right. So today we're looking at the statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life with a greater focus on I am the way. I am the way. Jesus' statements are blaring reminders again and again that He is the way back to the Father. I have come from the Father. I have come to take you back to the Father. I am the way back to the Father. I have made the Father known to you. This is the way. I am the way, the way back to the Father. If you're a prodigal, the way back to the Father was repentance. If you're the sinner, then the way back to the Father is remission of sin. If you're a doubter, the way back to the Father is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're in the darkness, if you're darkened, then the way to the Father is the light. I am the light. If you're dead, dead in your trespasses, dead in your sins, dead to God, numb to the presence of God, dead to emotions, dead to your pain, okay, then he is the way back to the father who gives life so let's jump into the text and i know that you may not have a bible with you that's cool no problem i'm sorry i don't have the text uh, on the screen but let me read it nice and slow for you so we're in john chapter 14 here's where you find the statement john chapter 14 verse 1 onwards he says let not your hearts be troubled. what a great way to start yeah? let not your hearts be troubled. believe in god believe also in me Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back. I will take you to be with me, to take you to be with myself. Where where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. And this is where everybody gets confused. All the, the disciples, they get confused. They don't know what is going on. He's like, you're going away? I didn't know you were going away. And how can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? Because I need to know the destination, then I type it in to make my trip, and then they tell me how to get there. Or I type it into Google Maps, it tells me how to get there. So I'm not worried about how to get there, you tell me where I'm going, and then I'll figure the way out. Jesus is saying, no, don't worry about where you're going. I am the way. So what is revealed is not the destination, but the journey. What is revealed is not the destination, but the trip. I am the way. You hang with me, we're going to get where you're going. You don't have to worry where we end up, when we end up, whether we end up there in the right place. You go with me, you're on the right place. So you have to stop, you're intelligent people here, I'm pretty sure. You have to stop and you have to ask, have I really understood it the way I've been taught it all my life? Have I really figured it out? Have I really, or have I just listened to the English words and have I just taken it as it is? Have I really stopped to look at the words to figure out what is Jesus saying? And if you get what I'm saying tonight, it might just blow your mind. Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, why on earth would it be troubled? Okay, good question. I'm not going to answer it. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. And some of the old text says many mansions. And everybody was saying, see, you get a mansion, I get a mansion, she gets a mansion, everybody gets a mansion. Except Oprah. (laughs) Okay, and that's what we, I grew up thinking that. That that, that church, or sorry, that heaven was one big five-star hotel and everybody got their own little Villa slash, you know, suite slash for eternity. But you know what? There is no mansion in heaven. There are no rooms. There is nothing there. In fact, heaven is not a place you get on a bus and get there. So Jesus is a Jew. He's talking to mostly a Jewish audience. And he takes a picture that is very, very familiar to them. In the Jewish culture, in the Jewish setup, what would happen is essentially a guy would be sent out, like we sent Austin out recently, uh, go, go find a wife. Okay, so do you remember the stories in the Bible? Isaac going to find Rebecca. Do you remember those stories? All right. So you send the guy out and he goes and he searches and he does all of whatever his drama and all that and then he finds his, uh, his, his girl. And then he says, okay, you're it. Okay? Puts the ring and does the whole magic thing and whatever. And then he turns away, turns back and he goes back to his father's house. And then the construction begins for an extension of his father's house for a room or for a place or for a dwelling for an extension for him and his wife to bring her, to get married, to live there. So the family expands, the family extends. The father is the one who is building the room. The father is the one who is creating that extra space. He's the one extending the family and giving wealth to this son and this family and the children and children and children. Are you with me so far? Now, the son is not involved with this because it's not his property. It's not his father's doing this. And when his father starts to build, only his father knows when it's going to be ready. The son doesn't know that. And when the father says the time has come, he says, Go go pick her up, go bring her home. So Charlie Brinjal goes and then he doesn't know when this time is, but when the time is right, as soon as he gets the green signal, he shoots off to Mumbai and he picks her up and he brings her back because the place was, in my father's house are many rooms, many mansions. I wouldn't be telling you this if it wasn't so. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I am going to prepare a place for you, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to come back. And if I come back, I want now watch. If I come back, I'm going to take you to be where I am. That you may be with me. The whole idea of the house, the whole idea of the father, the whole idea of this entire Jewish marriage idea of bringing you home to be with me is so that you may have intimacy with me so that you may live with me so that I can have you and you can have me. That, my brothers and sisters, is heaven. That is heaven. So Jesus makes a statement. I'll come back to this. And this is bothering the couple of guys there. We got Thomas, we got Philip, we got a bunch of guys. So Thomas, he says in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except Jesus. Just just answer the question. Do you realize that this is not the answer to the question? Thomas is already a confused guy. We know that. Okay? Thomas says, English, Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way to where you are going? Jesus says, I am the way. He doesn't answer the question. So when you ask the wrong question to God, you're probably not going to get an answer. You're probably not going to get an answer. And Jesus says, I am the way. Then he says, I am the truth. And then he says, I am the life. And then he gets to the crux of it. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. So where is he going? No one comes to the Father except through me. The Father except through me. Where does he think he's going? He's not going anywhere. He's it. He's both the journey and the destination. Sometimes you get to the destination. Sometimes the destination comes to you. He says, I am the way. There it is. It's right there. How can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. If you had known me... You would have known my father also. You don't understand this. You're not getting this. You won't understand this. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Who? The father. But, but just, I am the way to the father. And then he points it to himself. So Jesus didn't answer his question. He says, yes, you don't know where you're going, but you do know the way there. And the way is me. So if you know me, that's pretty much everything you need to know. You do know the way. If you recognize me, listen very carefully, don't let me lose you here. If you recognize me, you'll recognize that heaven is a person. It's not a place. Heaven is a person. you recognize that heaven is a relationship. Heaven is a company. Heaven is a destiny. Just look at verse 7 all over again. Heaven is a company. I am the way I want to take you to be with me. You know, sometimes loved ones say to their their spouses, they say, you're my home. You're my home. And that's what Jesus understands to be heaven. So Thomas wanted information. Jesus said, I am the way. Then we go to Philip, verse 8. Philip said to to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Just, Just show us the Father and it is enough for us. It's like he wasn't even listening to the conversation with Thomas. It's like every time Jesus moves to Thomas, everybody else is like, oh, forget it. But anyway, Thomas, Philip pipes in, he says, and Jesus says to him, have I been with you? Have I been, have, I, have, I, have I been with you so long and still you don't know? You're not thinking. Have I been with you so long and still you don't know me? No, that's not what Philip asked. Philip says, just show us The father and he says philip still now i've been with you and you don't know me are you getting this they didn't you will not because you're smarter but because you have the spirit of god you have the holy spirit to give you understanding and revelation of what jesus is talking about jesus is saying you want to know the father you need to know me i and the father am one and he pulls that together he says whoever seen me has seen the father how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? And we'll just break that up in just a minute. So suddenly Jesus is saying, I am not only the Son, I am also the Father. I'm not only in the flesh, but I'm also carrying in me the very Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're all here. We're t- it's, we are one. We are one. So if you want to, know, to the, know the way to the Father, if you want to know heaven, it's me. Now let me take you to another Jewish context. You know that Adonai is the word for God of heaven, Lord of heaven, right? But the actual word of God would never be taken on their lips. You know that? In the original, over there, at that time, the Jews will never mention the name of God. They will never take God's name for no reason, okay? In fact, when they, the scribes were copying the names, they would have a bath, they would take a new pen, and they would start all over again every time they had to write his name. They'd have a bath just to write God's name. The name was Yahweh, Yahweh, and every time they took that name, they shuddered. So instead of taking the name to not chance of taking it in in vain, yeah, thou shalt not take it. to chance. They would say, "Heaven, heaven knows. Swear by heaven, I'm going to heaven." So now, you sharp, heaven is not a place. Heaven's a person. Going to heaven is going to the person. Being in heaven, living in heaven forever is living with a person forever. His presence is heaven. If he came down here, then this is heaven. Not this world, but He. And if you know Jesus, you know the Father. If you know Father, you know heaven. If you know Jesus who is in the Father, Father's in Him, and He's heaven, then you have seen heaven and can experience heaven on earth in the context of a relationship with Christ. Suddenly you should be telling yourself, I did not know that. I'd be milking that for all it's got. I did not know that. I did not know that this was one of those, you know, those Matrix style movies. This was one of those. You know, what is that series? I'm forgetting that series. Where you suddenly a doorway opens, right right here? Suddenly a door opens and you open it and you enter into another reality, another dimension. And you pop in and you pop out, you pop in and you pop out of that reality. Jesus says, I am the door. Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus says, the Father is in me and I am in the Father. He says, if you want to know the Father, I'm right here. What do you need to know the way or the destination? I'm right here. I don't think we've figured this out. I don't think we've figured this out. That you have a doorway into the very presence of the Almighty God where you can taste heaven here on earth. Otherwise, why would you say, let your will be done in heaven, in, on earth as it is in heaven? How could possibly the will of God be done on earth? as it is done in heaven, unless you're willing to make it happen. Unless we are a community that, that is willing to make it happen. If you keep going down into this, it will blow your mind. But you'll come out the other end with a very clear understanding of what God is saying. Uh, Pastor Jerry, are you saying that that means when I die, I'll be here only? Because technically that's <laughs> true. <laughs> you can not CP still shopping. Uh, this is heaven, then I died for nothing. So, when you die, the flesh falls to the ground, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, I'll be there, I'll take care of that. (laughs) It is on my word that it is full and final. I have a license for it. And then, your spirit goes to be with God forever and ever. Okay. Now I want you to understand this, uh, because I haven't completely understood it. Uh, I have a body and I'm a, I'm a spirit. God has created me. The breath of God, remember Ruah? The breath of God. So I, I'm a spiritual being, but I have a tetrapack. Huge one, but I have a tetrapack. And I, I live in this. This is not going to last forever. It's going to go for another few decades and then it's going to fall to the ground, ashes to ashes, dust to dust but just as i started out with dust with adam i'm going to end up in the dust so this tetrapack is not what this life is about what it's really about is being with god god created me for fellowship with him god is spirit those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth jesus says, i am The truth, Jesus, I am the way back to the Father. So Jesus takes on flesh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Jesus takes on flesh, like Adam was made of flesh. And Jesus, the very breath of God, in the flesh of man, comes to the flesh of me and introduces me to the life of God. I hope I didn't lose you. So then the heaven experience begins. Here on earth the heaven experience begins because jesus brought the father down to earth jesus in jesus i met the father and now i have heaven on earth and but he's in a tetrapack and i'm in a tetrapack i'm talking about my body but the moment this tetrapack falls to the ground i will be risen again because he is the, also the resurrection and the life and i will have a new body in which i can continue my relationship with him because i am spirit he is spirit and he has brought the Father to me and I am one with him. So my eternal relationship doesn't begin after I die. My eternal relationship begins now. The only thing between you and a heaven experience here on earth is your body. Your body is what tells you that you are something else. Your body is what gives you cravings and gives you feelings and gives you sinful desires. And your body is the one that that holds you back from really moving into another dimension of spiritual reality and experiencing heaven on earth. That is the presence of God on earth. That is the Father here on earth. The very fact that you don't find what I'm saying interesting or you don't have an appetite or you don't have a desire. As Philip says, show us the Father, at least show us the Father. That's not there. You don't wake up every morning saying, I need to spend time with God. I need to be in the presence of God. It's your body. It's your body that has no interest in God, in heaven, in that reality, in that door. Your spirit has to wake up and say, I know this body is not going to last forever. I need to step into my real life, which is my eternal life. And I open the door and commune with him. And I step out back into my uh, physical existence only to live out the power, live out the purposes and live out the promises of God in my physical existence. That's when I begin to experience heaven on earth. And when I go to heaven, that is to be with God, after this body falls to the ground, it would have already become familiar to me. I would have been living in a relationship with God. I'm going to prepare a place for you. That means we are in a relationship. And when I go, I say I'm going because I'm going to come back. Because the goal of our relationship is that you should be with me. Now if the goal of his relationship with you is for you to be with him, is your goal in your relationship for you to be with him? Or for him to be with you? Are you as committed to wanting to live out this life along with Christ, in relationship with Christ, in communion with Christ, and no one else, and nothing else? As much as He who's waiting for that moment when He can come and take you to be with Him. What is heaven? It's where the Father is. Where is the Father? He is in Christ. Where is Jesus standing right in front of you and saying, I am the way? I am the way. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Thomas, he wanted information. Philip wanted inspiration. He wanted inspiration. He has, tell us about the Father. But Jesus wanted intimacy. Verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So he says, All authority has been given unto me. If you don't recognize me, at least recognize me by my words. If you don't recognize me by my words, at least recognize me by my works. If you don't recognize the two of them, then you need to figure out whether you even want God, whether you even want to know God. Jesus is the doorway to heaven. When you say, Show us the Father, he says, I am the Father. Fathers is in me and i am i and the father are one we have not cracked that statement we have not figured out what that means so again the issue of heaven was an issue of god adonai so it had to do with christ's oneness with the father a reunion with the father that heaven was not a place of harps and clouds and wings and angelic hosts singing celtic rhymes that's not heaven Heaven is just the Father, It's where the Father is. Do you know that Jesus did not want to part with the Father? He says, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, can it? But if it can't, not my will, but yours. He says, I go away and I need to be with my Father. I come from my Father only to go back to my Father. My Father, my Father, my Father, my Father, my Father, my Father, my Father. And then your sin tore him away from the Father. And the only reason it makes it meaningful is because he can grab you and when he gets back to the father, you followed him home. I am the way, the truth and the life. Let's work through this. Heaven is being where God the father is. Jesus and the father are one. He is in me and I am in him. Jesus is the way to heaven which is the father. The father was present in Jesus in the flesh. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. That's scripture. Heaven's doorway is a handshake away. That's how you see heaven before you get there. That's how God wants you to experience heaven before you get there. It's called courtship. It's called courtship. It's that season when you are getting to know The love of your life. You're getting to know the person. And one day you will move in to be with that person forever and ever. You can't wait. You want that. But now you're getting to know. He is the door into heaven. While here on earth, while here on earth, you can experience heaven on earth. So the closer you get to Christ, I repeat. The closer you get to Christ, I repeat. The closer you get to Christ, the more you long for heaven. The closer you get to Christ, the more you long for heaven. The further away you are from Christ, the more you love earth, the world, and everything the world throws at you. Everything is more colorful, everything is more sexy, everything is more attractive, everything is more desirable. But the more you get closer to Christ, the less relevant you become to the world, the more relevant you become to eternity. Jesus mentions heaven a lot, and not so much about what it's like. He doesn't talk about what heaven is like. Have you noticed that? So it's obviously not a place, it's not in my home, there are pictures, in my home, many children are running around, in my home we have two washing machines, He's not talk- he never talks about it, as a- every time he talks about the father, the father, the father, the father. After school you went home, what was the home, it was where your father was. When you left home, what was the home, it where your father was. Jesus has taken us back to the father so not so much about what it's like more about how to get there I'm the way and that it begins now two things I want you to go home understanding Jesus's focus on heaven was these two things number one is how do you get to heaven I am the way and number two it starts now in the flesh in the tetrapack. it starts now if I have come in the flesh to introduce heaven to you now then you can experience heaven in the flesh I repeat, if I have come in the flesh, then there must be some goodness to my life. Something must change radically for my earthly life before I actually get to heaven. Otherwise, everybody would be future, everything would be future tense. Everything would be in the future. When I get to heaven, when I get you have no idea. Jesus gives you a full precursor, he gives you a full trailer experience of heaven right here on earth. And the sad thing is most believers uh, give us this day. Our daily bread. Just give me what I want. And when the flesh prays, are you with me? When the flesh prays, the flesh gets what it wants. When the spirit prays, the spirit gets what it wants. So, therefore, it's all about praying. What is the purpose and benefits of heaven now? What is the purpose and benefits of heaven now? Number one, let not your heart be troubled, answered fears. The purpose and the benefit of heaven now is answered fears. Let not your heart be troubled now. Your will is done on earth as it is done in heaven. You live in the power and the sovereignty of the will of God. You're free from fear and you're free from uncertainty because your life is scripted and everything you do, not just who you marry, not just where you work, not just what your body does with the 60, 70, 80 years that is given, but who you are during this time, what you accomplish during this time, the mighty acts of God in and through you, who you connect with in order to 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 uh, to uh, accumulate the power and the work of God in your life, what God does with you and through you and how you your, his name above you as a banner how he blesses people through you how he touches people every time you get into their life how he moves heaven and earth to for, for the glory of his name through the life that is completely dedicated to you that is what we're talking about that is heaven on earth he says you will walk in a scripted life that i will go ahead of you i have planned you for good things i have planned you with great things in mind i have great plans for you says the lord Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a better hope and a future. He says, I have prepared you for good works in advance. You know that. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. You know that. He says, I have made you that. I have given you that. I'm going to walk ahead of you. I'm going to give you everything you need. And when you turn to me and you want something, I'm going to give it to you. Why? Because my purposes matter on earth. Get this. My purposes matter on earth. Why would his purposes matter on earth if heaven isn't on earth? It wouldn't. He would be like, go to hell. Wrap the world up, send it to hell. Those of you, my bachas, you come home, then we'll start life. No, he's starting it here. Let not your hearts be troubled. Why would your heart be troubled? Free from fear and free from uncertainty. The second thing he says is, I'm coming back again. I'm coming back again. So you have an assured future. Write that down. And answered, uh, answered your fears. He's, uh, you have answered fears. You have an assured future. So you have a growing familiarity with the eternal and the supernatural life the spiritual life you open that door very often every morning you open that door and you get through it you spend time in the spirit with god body shut up here you shut up man you've never done me any good all you've done is kept me from her you shut your face you stay there you stay there practice meditation or something just stay be still for like 10 minutes if you can switch off your phone and you spend time with the spirit. You leave your body aside, you spend time with your spirit because this is what life's gonna be like for eternity. This is what heaven really is. And then you get up and then you go and when you do go, you use your earthly life. So you have a growing familiarity with the eternal, with the spiritual reality, the significance. And then you have a growing dissatisfaction, a disassociation with the temporal and the earthly life. That beautiful car that amazing uh, meal or that, that, that wonderful career ahead of you doesn't seem as sparkling. It loses its luster the more you spend time behind this door. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? You've got to be pre- ready for that. You've got to be ready for that. You love ice cream? If I told you that getting closer to Jesus, you'll lose your taste and desire for ice cream. That's some serious stuff right there. So you've got to be willing to take, count the cost you got to be willing to count the cost. Everything you dreamt of, everything you were told life is all about, everything you were told was a, was a vision of success, a statement of success, you're going to have a distaste for it. You're not going to want it anymore because you've seen the real thing. You've been with the real thing. You're going to know that that's going to last, what, 70, 80 years, tops, 85 years, tops, thanks to Ames. This is going to last forever. What am I going to invest my life in, this or that? I'm not saying stop putting on makeup. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't dress well. Please, by all means, do something. You know, but, I'm, but the more you spend time with that, that becomes more meaningful. This becomes more relevant. And right now, some of you need to ask the question, how come everything spiritual is completely irrelevant to my life? And how come everything carnal Fleshly, worldly, is just so exciting. Let not your hearts be troubled, that's answered fear. I'm coming back again, that's assured future. Growing familiarity with the presence of God. A growing disassociation with the temporal and the lackluster of the world. You become irrelevant to earth, you become relevant to heaven. Angels now know what to do with you. The Holy Spirit is now using you and you are now a threat to the devil. And your physical existence and your physical life on earth is a secondary identity. Yep, you heard me right. Your physical existence, the job you have, the people you deal with, the positions you have, the success is a secondary identity. Your primary identity is I am ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Finally, we are at answered prayer. Write this down. Answered prayer. Answered fears, assured future and answered prayer. Now, in this spiritual life, in this new understanding, in this new eternal purpose and God centered lifestyle, nothing is too much for God to provide. Listen to me. Where God rules, God provides. Where God plans, God empowers. Where God lives, God delivers. Now you're living in the eternal. Now you're living in the eternal. Do you still have the tetrapack? Yeah. Are you dead yet? No, not dead yet. But I'm still living. I'm, I'm, I've begun to live heaven on earth. I've begun to have God's purposes ruling and reigning my life. Who do I marry? Oh, is God first in your life? Is God first in your life? Where are you going to live? Is, is, is that going to help my, my, my ministry? Is that going to help me glorify God and live for his purposes? Who are the people you are allowing into your life? Who are the friends you keep? Are, are they going to help me or are they going to take me away from the Lord? What, what, what's, going, what's the case here? This is not about being a good person. This is about letting, the God, letting God rule your life. Letting him script your life. Because when he scripts your life, he knows everything up in front in advance. He knows everything. He knows the mistakes you're going to make. He knows the problems you're going to have. He knows the mountains you're going to climb. And he has all the resources and ready. And you like an ass, I like an ass, just go over there. And then we are living here in this, Lord, please, tomorrow's needs, daily bread. Lord, please give us, just give us strength to get through the day. Just, just give us strength. Angels are laughing their heads off. They're holding their stomachs and laughing. They're biff He doesn't know, have a clue what he has access to. If only he'd open that blessed door and go through it. If only he'd open that blessed door and go through it. He's looking in the mirror. He's seeing his pathetic dust becoming dust here. And listen to his prayers. Those are prayers from the flesh. Those are the prayers from the flesh. Just Lord help me to get through this year. Help me to get Lord. I don't feel I, I can't let her go. What he said. How can he. And you're just dealing with that. That's all you're dealing with. And God helps you through one week. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, God has been so faithful. He carried me through a yeah. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Angels are dying laughing. And they're not supposed to laugh that loud. In heaven. So you pray from the flesh. You're going to get answers for the flesh. Crumbs off the table. But he's saying you live behind this door. What's he saying? You finish the sentence. What's he saying? That last verse. You live behind this door. Ask anything of me in my name i'll do it i'll do it now that's not a genie that's not a green that's not a blank check now you're my child anything you want you want ferrari you want red ferrari is it where you drive it we don't know but he wants red ferrari if there is a god in heaven i must claim my blessing rubbish god is not interested in that let me tell you something very grave. Let me, let me make a grave statement. Do you know how many people have died in history? In the thousands? Children have died. Women have died. People have died, 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 died. God is not unhappy. Does some God knows something that I don't. Because it's you and I who see life as just this. Oh, he died so young. He was only... 24 he was only 52 he died so young and God is like people are like how can God let babies die he saved them a wretched life in this country because you don't know what eternity is all about and this is all you know this is where you're going to say and their prayers are going to come from that but you pray from behind this door and he says anything you want If I'm ruling your life, let me say those three words again. Where God rules, God provides. Where God plans, He empowers. Where God lives, He delivers. What do you need to pray about this evening? What what do you need to tell God based on what I've just said? I don't expect you to have understood everything. I don't expect you to have absorbed everything. But something must have hit because God's word never comes back void. His spirit would have spoken to you this evening. You You need to respond. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Lord... And finish the statement. Tell him what you got from this evening and what you need to work on. Tell him where you think you stand in this whole thing. And they say that phrase, prepare to meet your God. Well, now is the time. This is the time. This is the occasion. Now is the day of salvation. Maybe you're saying, Lord, I actually don't know you and I'm pretty much not where Philip is, I'm more where Thomas is. I don't know where you're going, I don't know what this is about. But I need to enter into a relationship with you. If you're the door, I need to grab the door handle. I need a relationship with God. Right now, I don't even feel alive to what this guy is talking about. I, I'm just all flesh, I feel like I'm all flesh right now. The concept of having a relationship with a spiritual God is absolutely foreign. Lord, would you give life to me? I come to you in faith, recognizing that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, which means if I believe in him, if he died and rose again, I will rise again. If he's the way, he will take me back to the Father. If he's the life, he'll give me life. If he's the truth, I will know what's true. I can follow and believe what's true. If he's the door, Lord, I'm coming through. Father God, thank you so much for this passage. And we haven't touched the... We haven't gone anywhere deep into it. We've just begun to only understand the English words. But when the reality and the truth of what you're talking about becomes the reality of our lives, Lord, we need more people walking the earth, walking Delhi, walking India, that know what it's like to live behind the door. Live from behind the door. And live that part out, but in the flesh. This is my prayer to you, Lord. This is my, I, I beg you to bring people to life. That we may learn to live heaven on earth. So listen to the prayer, listen to the confusion, listen to the, the doubts. And lovingly, graciously answer every heart and mind here. In Jesus' name I pray.